Hey, hey y'all. y'all! And welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Generation podcast, where we bring you a not-so-healthy dose of humor and reality as we get our hands dirty with some serious nostalgia and question everything. Let's dive in. So to start this episode off correctly, I have a copy of the Philosopher's Stone from England. And I have I a copy also of the have... Philosopher's Stone, but I have the Scots edition. So we're going to start this lovely episode off by reading the first paragraph or so. Uh, Ani is going to read the Scottish version first, and then I will translate it by reading the British version right after. Because, oh my god, you guys have to hear this. It's amazing. You're welcome for the laughter that will be ensuing soon. Yes. And how horribly this is going to come out of my mouth. Yeah, we do apologize in advance to any actual Scottish people for the way that language will most likely be butchered. I'm, I'm translating, I'm going through two processes of translation here in my head reading this. Y'all will deal with it is basically <laughs> what we're trying to say. Deal with it. All right. Chapter eight. The laddie will lived. <laughs> you die every time. Laddie lived. No, that, not, not, not that. Wah. The laddie wah lived. The laddie wah lived. Uh-huh. Okay. This is not <clears> off <throat> to a, a solid start. Let's go. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley, a number four private loan, were proud to say that they were gay normal. Thank you very much. They were the least folk you well jealous would be tangled up with. Anything unco or weird because they just did need how do whatever's like yon. The last like six words are not words. <laughs> <laughs> because they just did need how we havers like yon. I don't even know what the fuck that means. It's supposed to mean didn't hold with such nonsense. Let me translate what she has just said. How do we havers like yon. All right. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four Pivot Drive were proud to say that they were perfectly normal, thank you very much. They were the last people you'd expect to be involved in anything strange or mysterious because they just didn't hold with such nonsense. I only got about eight words <laughs> from what you said that actually made sense to me. So two of those words were Mr. and Mrs. And another <laughs> one was Dursley's. So that was All right. Bad. Yeah. That's wow. Oh, oh, oh. Do you want me to read that or do you want me to read the, the little synopsis in the back? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Wait, no, I don't think mine has a. How long is your synopsis? Oh. Is it like the whole back? Yeah. Oh, mine doesn't have a, a synopsis like that. It just has a little thing. Oh, well, so, okay. Sure. I can't translate for you, but go for it. All right. Harry Potter does need Ken the first thing about Hogwarts when the letters start dropping. Drap it onto the doormat at number four privet loan. The letters, scrive it in green ink on yellow parchment with a purple seal, are ten af him by his alfie aunt and crabbit uncle. Then, on Harry's eleventh birthday, a muckled giant with toasty hair called Rubius Hagrid brings in Tay his life with some astounding news. Harry Potter is a warlock and he has a place at Hogwarts School of Carling craft and warlockery. I call him a warlock? That's so weird. Also, not not the same kind of magic. 
Karlingraf and Warlock Re. Turning the envelope over his hound trembling hand. His hand. All right. Why did it spell that way? <laughs> his hound trembling Harry saw a perpy wax seal with a coat of arms, a lion, an urn, a bro. A brock and a snake surrounding a muckle letter H. I'm sorry, but why are the colors of the le- of the ink, the parchment, and the seal so important? <laughs> They're like green ink on yellow parchment with a purple seal. Why? Why is that important in the point of... Like, why are those colors important in the point of... I like, don't know, but they are they in caps. They make it onto the descriptor of the back of the book. They're also in caps. Like, green, yellow, purpy. Are Scottish in Scottish language? Are the colors always all in capital letters? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know, but this is hilarious <laughs> to hear back and so embarrassing to say. Fair enough, yeah. But uh, yeah, so we're starting this series off strong. So strong. All right. Oh and- God, chapter titles. Um, I have one question for you. What are the names of the houses? Where, where, where is this? Where's the part? Where's the sorting hut? Uh, warmth, nope. I think that's all the vendors. Nope. That's nope. Oh, oh, almost there. I went too far. What the fuck am I reading? You want to know what the sorting hut is called? Hmm. The blether and bonnet. Scotland real? <laughs> I don't feel like at this point it should be real. The Fowerhooses are called Gryffindor. I'm sorry, Hufflepuff. Hecklepeck. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ravenclaw. Corby Kluke. What? <laughs> and. What? <laughs> what is it? Are you dying because of what they called Slytherin? No? Dying your reaction to Corby Kluke. Okay. Did they butcher our house? No, we got Slytherin. Okay, that's not so bad, but what the Gryffindor fuck? hasn't changed at all. In spelling and yeah, pronunciation. Yeah, so fucking weird. That's why. We got Slytherin. S-L-Y-D-D-E-R-I-N. Okay, that's fine. Because we Slytherin. Because we Slytherin. because she's fucking Scottish, so she's the same. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. We don't have any L's, apparently. 
Because the entrance hall is the entrance ha. The entrance <laughs> ha, okay. Um, sort and ceremony, we got that. Oh my I'm god. I'm trying to find the first time Voldemort mentioned. Hermione's the same? That makes sense, though. Okay, Voldemort in my book is mentioned for the first time on page 14. Page 14, oh god. In the second paragraph. And right after his name is the word Professor McGonagall, so that'll give you something to look for. Oh god, I just saw Dumbledore's name. Oh, what is Dumbledore's name? In all honesty, Dumbledore's name isn't a word anyway, so they shouldn't change it. <laughs> oh no. What, what is that look on your face? Is this Dumbledore or is it Voldemort? Dumbledore. Okay. Dumby Dyke. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Sorry Not Sorry Generation podcast. This episode is over. This episode is over. I'm going home now. You are home. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to walk three feet to the left and I'm going to go to bed. Oh my god. Heaven. Uh... Hagrid, Hagrid, Ramshackle, Motorbike, Bristol, Dumby Dyke. <laughs> oh, where is the where is this man's fucking name? Harry Potter's the same. It's all it's everywhere now, Dumby Dyke, Dumby Dyke, Dumby Dyke. Because <laughs> they say you know who <clears throat> and then they say Voldemort like right after that. Oh my god. Well, Daedalus Diggle's the same. There it is. Voldemort. It's the same. It's the same. Although it's not, he's not the same as you know what. I mean, it you is. It, it's just how they would say it in Scots. It's you can what. Because Ken means no. So when someone says I didn't Ken, means I don't know. I picked up some from uh, Outlander. I don't know what to do with that. I just, I don't. What the fuck was that? Cluke! <laughs> you know what these remind me of? Is the um the very Potter musical houses. <laughs> like pig farts and all that. Like that's what it reminds me of. Like the uh Draco wanting to go to what was it, the moon? So you can go to pig farts? That's what this reminds me of. I don't I don't get it. God, the musicals were so good. The first two were really good. I didn't really care so much for the third one, but... But the third one had actual Luna Lovegood in it, so... Okay. Have you seen the musicals? I have not. Oh, girl. I know. If you ever, ever are just feeling really shitty, watch... Female Draco Malfoy, shirtless seen, Voldemort. I think I've seen parts of this musical. Like, I never... Isn't it the one with Darren Chris? I don't know the names of people, but if that's the dude from Glee, then yeah. A dude from Glee. I think so. I think he was in Glee. He must have been in Glee. But female Draco Malfoy, who sings about going to school on the moon... Spends more time rolling around on the floor than they do standing, falling in love with Hermione Granger. Yep, yep. This, I've seen it, yep. And Voldemort falling in love with a poster of Zac Efron. And just, oh, and instead of a sorting hat, they also have a scarf of sexual preferences that sorts you into your sexuality. 
<laughs> it's a cute scarf. Talks. It's honestly, if you're ever feeling sad or just unhappy, you won't be watching the Harry Potter musical. And watch them in order. Watch one and then two and then three. So. All right. I'll have to give the Harry Potter musical another shot. It's. it's I have to at this really, point. It's really weird, like at first when you first start watching it, but honestly. Just take it as the absolute crackhead vision that it is. It is hilarious. Especially because, like, they're all adults for the most part. And it just gets weirder the more you watch it. And you can watch Voldemort and Quirrell fall in love. And then the person who plays Voldemort plays Umbridge at some point, And it's just a jacked dude. <laughs> it's just like, hmm. But, and I think at some point... uh like there's a centaur, and then Lucius Malfoy is <clears throat> amazing. So, all right. I mean, Lucius is—he's hot. And Lucius Malfoy as a whole is like a very elegant, like person, and mm-hmm. like kind of gives like that ethereal, like, like vibe of somebody mm-hmm. who's very, very rich and has no idea how like much like anything a normal person would buy would cost. But in the Harry Potter musical, he goes from that to like fae standards of just like this like elf kind of a thing like tolkien elf like (laughs) like um uh legolas Legolas's dad like he goes like to that level of the andriel uh levels of wow so i highly recommend the very potter musical to anybody who hasn't seen it because it is just if you were ever having a shitty day just go watch and there's three of them first two were great because they were more rehearsed and planned out the third one is a little more spotty just because they didn't really have a chance to rehearse at all because it was a live thing they did Mm. for a convention but the third one eh, actually has uh ivana lynch in it all right playing her playing luna lovegood so well um now that we're on the harry potter series i'm gonna have to watch it so we can comment about this this is true. Let's watch Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Which the is actually Philosopher's Stone and it should have just been kept the stupid name. Americans aren't so stupid they can't understand what a philosopher is. He will forever be the laddie who lived. Lord help us all. <laughs> I love the music for I Harry love Potter. the music so much. I think oh, I, I think I have this in piano sheet music. Yeah. <clears throat> so... <clears throat> What initially pisses me off, like right off the bat, I'm going to start this out strong. Harry's parents die. Voldemort, you know. Just comes. kills them. Peter Pettigrew, one of their best friends, betrays them. Sirius Black is the one who told them that they should have Peter Pettigrew as their secret keeper because he was too obvious. And he was in the process of suspecting Remus Lupin as having turned to the dark. <coughs> um, which is stupid because Remus Lupin is literally the nicest person on the planet. So... But it turned out that Peter Pettigrew obviously was the evil one or whatever, and he gave away the secrets to Voldemort, and Voldemort came, and he killed the Potters, and he tried to kill Harry, and, like, whatever. I'm gonna set aside the fact that he just used a full-on killing curse to try and kill Harry when he could have literally just done literally anything, because Harry was a one-year-old baby in a crib. Um, Like, there was a window, could have, like, tossed the kid out the window or something. Something just less Drop than the brick going on his head, from- something. Like, all he needed was, like, 2% effort, and he went for, like, 120% effort. It wasn't necessary. And so, like, the curse rebounded or whatever. 
<clears throat> I have several issues just right off the bat, starting with the fact that why didn't the killing curse work? And it was they keep saying it's like, well, Lily sacrificed for Harry. No, 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 no. That was she his mother's love or whatever. Be, Lily cannot <clears throat> be the only mother who sacrificed herself for a child. At you know, like even in the in the magical world. So I have to assume because Lily was extremely gifted with in magic and especially like in charms and stuff like that. She did some kind of ritual. This girl has obviously done some kind of ritual to protect Harry and, like, used her life sacrifice as the what drove the magic. The ultimate and, power of the spell. Yeah. yeah. Which would explain why there's, like, a protection ward, like, around Harry. Okay. So, let's go to the next thing. Because Harry's parents, James and Lily, would have known at that point that when Voldemort attacks, obviously... Sirius Black did not betray them. It had to have been Peter Pettigrew because literally they were the only one. He was the only one who knew where they were. Mm-hmm. And okay, great. Um, so so his parents have Sirius Black as Harry's godfather. So why is it that Lily's sacrifice isn't trans like of protection? Like if it because it according to Albus Dumbledore, it takes the next relative that they have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which transfers it over to Petunia, Petunia. which definitely wouldn't have made any sense because there's no way Lily would have sent her child to go live with Petunia, who was super estranged when she had 100% confidence at that point that Sirius would be the one taking her child in. So why wasn't the magic transferred over to Sirius? Because I don't believe the whole, like, it had to be blood bullshit because I don't think Lily would have done that to endanger her child that way. I don't think so, but didn't they explain something about that where... um... Why they didn't choose Sirius because like or like at least it wouldn't have worked because like Sirius was already like on the verge of being committed to Azkaban or whatever. Like they were already thinking he's a traitor. Well, they wouldn't have Sirius couldn't have been like there was a lot of like tension between them. They thought Remus was the traitor. And Sirius approached them and when they first were gonna go into hiding about the secret keeper, they wanted to give it to Sirius. And Sirius is the one who said no. And it would be to too obvious. It, it would and to make it Peter Pettigrew because that would be the less obvious. And he didn't trust Remus Lupin, so they all trusted Peter Pettigrew. What they okay. didn't trust was each other. Remus didn't trust Sirius, and Sirius didn't trust Remus. And Sirius is the one who told them, "Don't trust Remus, or and don't put it on me because they'll they'll look for me and they'll know to look for me." So give it to Peter because it would be the less obvious of the choices. Now. Fuck everybody over. Yeah, so Lily would have known that because, like, their secret was given away, it had to have been Peter. Because he was the only one who could have given it away. So Mm -hmm. she would have known that it wasn't Sirius who was the traitor. And also, I just really don't think James would have ever suspected the person who was pretty much his brother as being a traitor. Um, So why wouldn't she have transferred the magic of protection over to... To both of them, okay. Well, to, like, to Sirius... Because, like, even if she still suspected Remus on some level, she would have known it wasn't serious because it was Peter. And because, like, even if she didn't trust, because Remus at the time was <clears> overseas <throat> living with werewolves, like, getting, or I don't know if he's overseas, but he was over living with werewolf groups trying uh-huh. to, like, get involved with them for Dumbledore. And so even if she didn't trust Remus, she still would have trusted Sirius. So why didn't she transfer the magic over to Sirius? And, like, you can say, like, the whole, like, blood magic and everything like that. But I really don't think she would have used Petunia because of how much Petunia hates her and hates magic. I just don't think she would do that to her kid, for one thing. Also, it's really convenient that Lily's parents, because Lily, at the time she died, is in her extremely early 20s. They're 21! 
it's really convenient that Lily's parents are dead at this point, and that that James's parents, who are both pure blood wizards and who are, are notorious for living into their upper 100s nearly 200s are also happen to be dead at this point too how convenient is that um but i think that's really suspicious but here's where my super issue starts (coughs) is when the house is destroyed Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. Sirius that shows up first he shows up to the potter's house because he's the one who finds harry Mm -hmm. and then the second person to show up is uh, well i guess technically i think snape showed up first because he cradled like in like a flashback he cradled lily's body or whatever while harry was just sitting traumatized in a crib and then he left but sirius shows up before anybody with exception of snape but we're not going to count him in that because he's not important in this scenario so he shows up obviously super fucking devastated about what's happening next person show up while sirius is there holding harry is Hagrid. Okay. Hagrid sees Sirius, super distraught, holding Harry, obviously a mess because, you know, his brother and his, what is pretty much amounts to his sister-in-law are dead and just fucking messed up. So he gives, Sirius gives Harry to Hagrid and the motorbike for, you know, safety because he was going to go after Peter Pettigrew and he would have had to have told Hagrid that that he was going like why would he just leave right I'm gonna give you my godson for safekeeping not because I fucking murdered his family and now feel guilty but because now I'm fucking pissed that my best friends are dead and I'm going to go after their killer that had to have been a conversation at some point because Sirius would have literally had to have said anything to Hagrid Mm -hmm. rather than just being like throwing Harry at him and and throwing the motorcycle (laughs) and and then leaving so Hagrid and then therefore Dumbledore would have had to have known that Sirius showed up just super distraught and like just a total mess at seeing his best friends dead. That should probably just tell you right there that he he didn't do it, didn't kill them. And then like right off the bat, Harry literally is taken from his house by Hagrid. He's rescued by Sirius, and then he's given to Hagrid, and Hagrid takes him immediately to Pivot Drive. So he was sent to collect Harry from the house by Dumbledore, literally right after it happened. happened. How the fuck does Dumbledore know it happened and has immediately decided to send them with Petunia? Because Isn't that also explained? Okay, uh, me and well, the girl, they just reads it all going... Didn't they explain that in the Order of the Phoenix? Like, with the well, whole prophecy and everything, where it's like, Dumbledore just, he put all of his cards on Harry and be like, this is the kid, and it wasn't Neville. Well, yeah, like, the, Harry's the chosen one. That's fine. However, my issue is the fact that at this point, Harry, like, the parents are dead. Harry has a godfather and a godmother, because that's uh, Neville's mom. And he's got Remus, and he has Peter. So if Dumbledore is not an idiot and understands that one of them was the secret keeper, his first thought within literally just an hour or two after Harry's parents are dead, he's like, I'm going to go send them him to live forever with these muggle relatives rather than be like, Harry has a godfather and Harry has two other, what are might as well be uncles that can fully take care of him and know how to get away with shit. No, we're going to put him 
in the muggle world because I, mean, I, I get think... it i get it put him in the muggle world so like no one can like find him because no one's gonna suspect it in but a way legally he has no rights to do that because the first person his legal rights to harry are his godparents and i think maybe that i'm not entirely sure but i think at that point or within like i think a day or two of um harry's parents being murdered i think right before that bellatrix uh tortures neville's parents into insanity so like he doesn't have a godmother at that point okay he has a godfather okay who is serious who was there who haggard would have had to have told at some point yeah well Sirius was there and he gave me harry and like and he gave me his motorbike too so i could take harry to safety and everything and like isn't that that, that was vicious? part of the plan though wasn't it like it the, the, hagrid had said in the book that like yeah dumbledore told like dumbledore told um Sirius to give him to give Hagrid the motorbike wasn't that part of the plan okay but then that's just a lot of forethought of having to have known that Sirius would show up to the house with the motorbike <laughs> to find James and Lily dead that's so fucking suspicious is like I'm sorry Dumbledore you are not a seer and yet within the span of just a couple of hours of Harry's parents dying Dumbledore already has Harry in the Muggle world and is just that he bypassed Sirius, he bypassed Peter, and he bypassed <laughs> Remus. Just to start with, he just bypassed everybody and just like, I'm going to go for a distant fucking relative who Lily no longer speaks to. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, look, so many people would have been a better choice before he got to Petunia. But Dumbledore willingly went with the worst possible choice, didn't investigate anything. He didn't investigate Remus because he would have known that Remus hadn't turned to the dark side because Remus was investigating the werewolves on Dumbledore's orders. Yeah. So he knew Remus was fine. And he can't have an issue with the fact that it, uh, he doesn't want to give Harry to a werewolf because Remus or Dumbledore is the reason that Remus got to go to school in the first place mm -hmm. at, at Hogwarts. So uh, you can't have a prejudice against the werewolves. So why didn't you give him to Remus? And is your issue serious? Because you didn't investigate, you know, whether or not Sirius was a traitor literally at all. And then Peter was like, you didn't look for Peter. You know, you just didn't fucking look for Peter. Whether you accepted that he was dead. Yeah, like, well, in that in those moments before like uh, Sirius confronts Peter, like in a, in Diagon Alley or whatever, wherever he does it, and I'm not really sure. He. Dumbledore doesn't go look for Peter because even if you assumed like everybody else that Sirius was the secret keeper, which Dumbledore is probably smart enough to understand that they wouldn't do that because that would just be stupid. But and that just assumes that they didn't tell Dumbledore, you know, like, hey, mm -hmm. we're not using Sirius. He didn't go look for Peter, who would have been the other choice, because Remus in that time would have been, you know, with the werewolf group. Peter should have just been there. So Peter would have been qualified to take care of the kid because that's his other uncle and rather than Sirius. So even if you suspected Sirius of like nefarious purposes and being on the dark side, you didn't, you didn't, there were two other relative options before you got to Petunia. Minimum. That is, if you don't even count any friends Lily herself might have had or other friends, you know, the Marauders might have had at that point. Mm -hmm. You just immediately... Within a span of just a couple hours, because right, Sirius is still standing in the wreckage of the house with Harry when Hagrid shows up on Dumbledore's orders. It would have had to have happened, like, really fucking fast. Because it's not like Sirius is just going to sit there 
and just stay there in like the super vulnerable place while he's holding Harry. Like he's not an idiot. But no, it's just in the span of just a short amount of time, Dumbledore had everything in order already. Also, how does he know where Petunia lives? Yeah, I don't know. That's how weird. do they know? Well, yeah, I know. It, it, it is weird. Also, I love how at every turn, McGonagall is always questioning Albus. But she doesn't actually do anything, which pisses me off. Like, she's smart enough to understand that what he's doing is wrong, but she won't stand up for the fact that, hey, this is weird. This isn't right. And also, another thing that pisses me off is Dumbledore is the head of the, he's the supreme mugwump or whatever. That means he's in charge of their court system. Serious Black never had a trial. And if we're just going to ignore the fact that that was just the worst fucking thing on the planet, because literally they have an effective working truth serum, by the way. Very serum, so, yeah. Nobody bothered to nobody bothered to give Sirius anything. You could have you could have asked him for secrets about the you know the other side by giving him Vera serum and it'd been like, did you fucking give up the Potters? Were you their secret keeper? No. All you had to do was ask a question, like just one question under Vera serum. Like, were you their secret keeper? And then the answer is no. So, are you working for Voldemort? No. no. Okay. Here's a child, your actual legal godson. Uh, yeah. So many issues, even before we get to the first fucking scene, <laughs> is that Dumbledore, we're literally 26 seconds in. Dumbledore would have had to orchestrate so much to get everything in order to get Harry to pivot drive the night his parents died. Because, in all honesty, everybody at that moment assumes Voldemort is dead. So, why? Also, Harry's been attacked by Voldemort. Somebody should have fucking taken him to a doctor first. Yeah, someone should have done, like, like, medical check, something. Take, like, ten seconds to, like, think about this. And, but no, no, it was just immediately, let's deliver Harry to these relatives. This, within just, like, two hours of his parents dying. To a horrible upbringing. And also, mental and emotional mindset. Also, like, even if Dumbledore didn't know, right? Like, what kind of people the Dursleys were. Okay. Let's let's assume he does. Like, he happens to know where Petunia lives. But he maybe he doesn't know what kind of a person she is. Sure. He sets watch on, on this house the whole time Harry is growing up. He sets a watch that people are watching Harry at any given point. Like, that weird neighbor that he has with all the cats and shit like that. Like, people are watching him. So people would understand when they see this child that he's wearing clothes four times too big. He has duct tape on his glasses. He clearly looks underfed. And that the other boy runs around with his friends bullying the shit out of him at any given moment. All of which would have probably been been reported back to Dumbledore. So he actively left this child for 11 years in a household that people were most likely reporting to him that is not a good place. Now, let's assume wizards are real fucking stupid and just assume that this is natural behavior of the muggles okay (laughs) then let's we can move on to the later years in which harry you know like he sees sirius again and all this shit now you know that sirius is innocent okay still doesn't do anything still doesn't fucking do anything and all of harry's 
like friends' family and like the adult people in his life all are aware of the living situation he has with the Dursleys, right? The because twins go and freaking tear him out of his jail cell of a room. Of which like, they tell their parents that, you know, they had him, like, they had his windows barred and we had to break yeah. him out because they were starving him to death. Like, great. They were feeding this boy through a cat flap. Like, holy shit. So, like, okay, the Weasleys now know. And other people know because at some point, I think Remus threatens the Dursleys or whatever. Um, so now all of the adults in Harry's life at some point know of the kind of treatment that he gets at the hands of the Dursleys. And Dumbledore still repetitively insists. He insists that Harry goes back and lives in this house. And I'm sorry, but like, I don't give a fuck what kind of a person Dumbledore is. Like, in in the grand scheme of anything, there is no excuse for willingly putting a child repetitively into an abusive household, especially considering you have proof and statement from multiple sources regarding the abuse that this child is going through. Now, this could just be... I don't know be... how, how children's welfare is like in the UK or in London, but, I mean, sad to say, it wouldn't be that much of a shock if that was happening here. No, it is a shock that this is a headmaster of a school who's been in charge of the welfare of hundreds of students and nobody questions him. <laughs> now, it could just be that perhaps Dumbledore's less um, great background is coming into play, considering uh, his origin story regards him as uh, Grindelwald's lover and fellow uh, wizard supremacist. Yeah. Because... He was originally changed the world. Well, Dumbledore was originally super, super fucking prejudiced against muggles. Muggles, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I hate to break it to you, Dumbles, but uh, sounds like you're a pretty shitty ass person too, and that's by choice, not by species. So, Dumby Dyke. Yeah, it is. Oh Lord. So, we are starting this episode off strong in the first 26 seconds of this movie. Yep. Let's continue. Yeah, sure. We'll actually, like, hear a line. <laughs> Not just music. Although, the OG Dumbledore, like, the actor was it Richard Harris, is my favorite. Fair. Like, I love him, but I also think that replacement Dumbledore mm -hmm. really portrayed the, like, how do I, how do I put it? the the insanity coming yeah. to the forefront this Just is the, the old quirky guy like who's finally had his full of like he's, I'm, he's like i'm a kid at heart and the later ones are like i'm fraying at the edges yeah i want to be an animagus so bad me too you're supposed to transform into your um patronus so oh um, yeah i'd be a white ferret i'd be a robin so that'd be cool a bird. You'd be a fucking bird. I'd be a bird. Birds are haunting us. <laughs> From one series to the next. I am what uh, Draco gets transformed into. That's kind of cool, though. And ferrets are cute. I love ferrets. I want one so bad. And look, the motorbike. Hagrid and a motorbike. How does no one in the neighborhood hear this? Uh, I have no fucking idea. Like, we put out all the lights. I get it. But you definitely heard that. Hear the rumble of the bike. Mm -hmm. See, McGonagall's like, these people, I, I've watched them. They're horrible. Yeah, McGonagall figured this out within like two hours of watching them. 
he could have grown up away from all of that with Sirius. They could have lived in the fucking mountains. Like, Sirius is the heir and now the only living person of his family with a shit-ass ton of money. They could have gotten a house somewhere else, like in Paris. Other countries exist. They could have gone anywhere. Him and uh, Remus could have raised him together and he could have been happy and not abused. Right. Also, Dumbledore fully tells Petunia that her sister is dead and now she has to watch his her child in a letter. Just wake up the next morning and there's a baby with a note. Like There's a baby on your front step with a note that says your sister's dead. Here's, his, here's their kid. Also, Harry's scar is an open wound in that image. <laughs> like, you didn't heal that child at all. How do you decide that shoving someone into the shoe closet under the stairs is a decent way to live? Like, Petunia like, is people, a mom. Like, like, what if people come over? Where are they going to put their shoes? They're going to open the shoe closet and, oh, there's a bed in here. Yeah, and it's just like, and if anybody passed by Dudley's second bedroom, they would notice the fact that there's not a bed in it. Yeah, there's no bed. It's just a, like, it's almost like a fluffed sleeping sleeping bag. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't understand how Petunia as like a person and a mom is just totally chill with just like leaving this child under the stairs. And they make him cook and clean and everything else. It's in the it's in the uh, the deleted scenes where he comes in and like he he smells the really nasty smell of uh, Petunia in the kitchen. He's like, "What are you cooking?" And she's like, "I'm making your school like you're I'm I'm dying like Dudley's old yeah. school clothes for you." And he's like, "Yeah, thanks. It smells like ass." Like <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they they like they're, they're fucking like swallowing him, and like anybody could see that just any anybody who looked at them all together would notice that three of them are dressed very well and one of them is not and should be very suspicious like why are his teachers not suspicious and i like how they just don't explain the fact that why harry's going to the zoo like they didn't the dursleys didn't are not bringing him to the zoo out of the kindness of their hearts no it's doing it because they don't have a choice yeah that mrs squib was not available to babysit and they couldn't they couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. So they were forced to take him out. And she's one of the people who's supposed to be watching Harry uh, for Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. First time he realized he can talk to snakes. And I understand. In the second one, everyone freaks out that he can talk to snakes. And he's like, what? That's not normal? It's yeah. like, this kid was not raised in your world. He and doesn't realize that talking to snakes is not a normal thing. And I'm pretty sure at some point I read that Dumbledore speaks Parcelman tongue. Oh, we'll not be surprised. Yeah, so like, if it's a language you can learn, why would it be an inherently evil thing? The way Harry fell was so well done. It's like, as if Dudley really did just like knock into him. Yeah. That would be so terrifying watching this giant python go like right by you. And it says to you, thanks. Yeah. I mean, if I was a giant python snake, I wouldn't want to live in a, like, a five by four box either. Speaking of Dumbledore and Postletongue, he could understand it, but he could not speak it out loud, apparently. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I will give the actress credit. Yeah. 
Petunia's reactions, like her the the emotions that are conveyed on her face are fucking hilarious. She's very good. Like she plays Petunia to a T. Like she's very good. So fucking funny. Uh-huh. So okay, so he locked him Vernon locked Harry into the into the shoe closet. Yeah. How did he go to the bathroom? I have no idea. Like there's no room for a piss bucket. Now the stupidest thing Harry does in this moment when he first gets his very is first letter is not put the letter in his quote unquote room. Why just, does he walk into the room with it? Just throw it in there real quick. Put it in your pocket. Anything, like Lord. Oh, there it is. There she's stewing the 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 clothes in the, the bucket. Clothes. Yeah. Fucking Dudley, I hate Dudley so much. All right. What I'd like to know is why Vernon knows about magic. Why did Petunia tell him? You'd think because of how much she hates it, she wouldn't want to tell him. And they're not I supposed think, to tell people. I think because of the of the situation, they were they were supposed to be told, like, "Hey, yeah. this kid doesn't live with you, and your your wife's sister, who, by the way, is a witch." Yeah. <laughs> but still, so much fucked up. It also really bothers me because, like, apparently the letters are, like, just automatically addressed and all that, which uh-huh. is why they can mass produce them like this. But it really bothers me that there is official school record that states that Harry is living in a cupboard under some stairs. Yeah. Nobody Harry fucking Potter cares. cupboard under the stairs. Uh-huh. Like, nobody fucking cares. Now, remind me, he doesn't know much about the muggle world either, does he? Just... Who, Harry? Yeah, like, technically he could probably, like, it wouldn't do any good, but he could probably, you know, like if it was me, I'd go to like the local wherever, like post office or whatever, and be like, "What are the rules about people not giving me my letters?" Yeah, I don't know how well it would work since they're being delivered by owl. But the, well, the first one wasn't. The first one came with all the other mail. Yeah. So and then the rest of them are all being delivered by owl. A horde of owls. They're all just yeah. showing up. Look at that <laughs> A horde of Look owls. Yeah. Snowy owls, barn owls, everyone's here. Everyone's like, why are they here? Just all in this one house. You were saying, Vernon, about letters? I love how the house is shaking. Right. And Harry does another stupid thing. Just grab one and run. Seriously, like, also, how hard is it to grab one of these? Grab one off the fucking floor and run! You're standing on a pile of them. Like, just grab one and off the floor and run out the door down the street. Vernon can't chase you down the street. I love how he tries to run to his cupboard. Like, they can get in there. Like, Harry, the lock is on the outside, dear. Not the inside. Like, while he's struggling, I would have just tore into one and be like, read it. Yeah. And his choice is to go to this rock. Just this random rock with, like, a tower. Just a tower. And... It's just so weird because in There's the books, like one... they don't bring any provisions or anything. Just Vernon just brings a gun, like a, gu- a giant shotgun. In the books, he brings a gun and like they have, they each have like a couple bags of chips and like what some hot dogs or something, something like that. Yeah, and like a and uh, Petunia has to find like blankets and everything. They're all moldy and everything for Dudley. And there's only one bed and there's only one cow. So where's Harry on the floor? Yeah, and here comes Hagrid, you know, bursting into the house. I like how the fact that Hagrid doesn't knock. He just breaks no. the door down. Harry's the only one with sense who, like, crawls into, like, a shady corner and be like, no, I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> I love Hagrid. I do, too. 
Dry up, Dursley, you great prune. Like, why does Hagrid have an issue with these people? He's never met them before. I wonder if he's overheard McGonagall say how terrible these people are. But even then, that would have been one conversation 11 years ago. Unless she's brought it up over the years to Albus and he's just ignored it. True. Fucking Dudley's like, food? Well, to be fair, at this point, and here's another issue I have. At this point, they have been on the run for like a week or something like that in the book. And Vernon and his family didn't bring any food to this to this rock in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> so Dudley, who is very clearly used to never skipping a meal and probably eating the way hobbits do with like <laughs> second breakfasts and 11Zs and all that, <laughs> is probably starving. So this kid goes and he's going to eat the cake and he's gonna like while nobody's paying attention because he's just fucking hungry so you like you kind of gotta give him like obviously he's 11 year old kid who's just hungry so he steals this cake and Hagrid's reaction is just to immediately <laughs> add a pig's tail to this child you permanently disfigured this 11 <laughs> year old child for being hungry after breaking down the door of the place him and his parents are staying you did not knock you just broke the door down, then threatened the Dursleys more than once, and then permanently disfigured their child. No wonder these people are terrified of magic. <laughs> like, I don't like the Dursleys. They're terrible fucking people. But holy shit, your first reaction when their son eats a piece of cake without permission is to permanently disfigure an 11-year-old child who, in the books it does state, has to go to the hospital for to get surgery. It to get this tail, this pig's tail removed. That's a lot for an 11 year old child. No matter how much you dislike their parents. Like, Dudley's a piece of crap (laughs) because his parents are a piece of crap. But it doesn't give you any right to like permanently disfigure a child. No wonder these people are so afraid of magic. Like, the Dursleys are shit people, but come on. They hate them. I, I, I forgot why vernon hates them besides you know fear but petunia like i think she just hates magic because she's just so fucking jealous that she didn't get any yeah when she uh lily got the letter uh petunia wrote to hogwarts saying that there must be a mistake and that she wants to go too and that's why she's so bitter about it also they didn't handle her not being magical very well there he is eating that cake yep and like I like the fact that Hagrid stands up against the Dursleys for Harry because at this point Harry desperately needs somebody on his side because he definitely doesn't have anyone I just don't think it goes it's gone about very well you know like disfiguring a child or threatening their lives basically (laughs) Like it was really it was really funny when I was like eleven and now it just makes you question magic and magical people. I mean, I'd probably do the same thing. But like to permanently disfigure a child, like to giving him a tail that lasts for like an hour, I can understand. Giving him one where he has to go get surgery to get it removed. I mean, I could play devil's advocate and be like, I don't think Hagrid thought that far. Oh, I don't think he thought that far ahead either. At all, so honestly. just like this will be funny, ha ha ha. 
Yeah. And he should have finished that thought with, I should change it back before I leave. Yeah. Versus... Especially because, like, in the in the book, they spend the night there. And, you know, and, like, in the morning, it does probably occur to you that, you know, oh, I gave a kid a, a, a magical tale. Like, that's a breaking of the Statue of Secrecy, at least on some level. And that's why he tells Harris, like, I'd appreciate it if you didn't mention that. Yeah. Like, you know it's wrong. The leaky cauldron. The leaky it's also super weird to me that everybody recognizes Harry. Like, how do you people know what he looks like? Like, so many people can't remember exactly what James Potter looked like at the age of 11 that they should recognize Harry immediately. Like, that's because, like, they even recognize him when he's out shopping with, like, Petunia and yeah. stuff like that. It's really weird that you just turn around and, you're like, oh, there he is. And it's just like, okay. Why do also, you recognize this child? Also, I want to know about the leaky cauldron. Like, they they entered the leaky cauldron. Like, it is in London. Yeah. How, like, what happens when some regular old chap walks in from the street and everyone inside is just odd looking? Um, there's wards against it, like there are around Hogwarts, where it's okay. like you know, like a Muggle repellent kind of a okay. ward where it keeps them away from it. Okay. Apparently, Muggles can't even like look at it; their eyes just slide like right over it into the next thing. Awkward silence with Quirrell. Yeah. The most useless professor I've ever seen. Besides Lockhart. I was gonna say, you remember Lockhart, right? Besides <laughs> Lockhart. Like, Quirrell is completely irrelevant to everything. Yeah. Lockhart Quirrell at least the... be again, you know. Quirrell is the least noteworthy of all of the Hogwarts, like, Defense Against the Dark Arts professors. At least Lockhart was gifted in some way. He was really gifted with memory charms. So... You know, and he was like a psycho and a weirdo, but he's better than Quirrell. Yes. And I'll be screaming a lot in the fifth one when we get to Umbridge, because I cannot stand that pink toad. That woman uses dark blood magic on children. She should go live with the Dursleys. I must not tell lies. I must not tell lies. And I just I'm, have a, I have so many issues with that one. Like, we, there's so much to talk about. In I that would, book. I would have tried to snap. I would have done anything. Like, I mean, in all honesty, it just bothers me that all of the professors were there and just didn't do anything. Yeah, like I so wish that I would. I, I really would love to have been um, a half blood. Yeah. So I can know both the wizarding and the Muggle side of the world. So like. Yeah, I definitely you know, don't I, think. Like, cause I, like, I'm sure people would have tried to, like, charm that quill to, like, catch on fire or something, but, like, it'd be warded against every kind of spell, right? Yeah. What would we do? Fucking bring a match, a lighter, and just... Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. I just... I would definitely prefer, if, like, if I lived in the magical world, to be a half-blood, so you understood both sides. Mm -hmm. Because you wouldn't want to go into it as a muggle-born who didn't know a damn thing and have to learn an entirely new culture from scratch, like, on the fly, because that yeah. would be such a pain in the ass. And then all of the purebloods don't like you because you're you're ignoring their culture entirely, because at 11 years old, you didn't understand that this is a cultural difference. Right. And but the half-blood just walking around like, I got, like, I know how to work both sides. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to be a pureblood who didn't understand anything about the magical world, or the muggle world, either. So somewhere like the half blood line of in between would be definitely the best bet. Like you can, like, I can just imagine like if I was to do that, like set that that quill on fire with just like a match, and be like, ha ha ha, no magic needed. 
You yeah. know, like watch the watch the Muggleborns be like, yeah, represent, and the pureborns be like, oh my god, what is this sorcery? Yeah, in all honesty, like I feel like you could have chucked it in the Black Lake. You could have just busted it in half. Like it's all the common sense things that the wizards don't think of. Of, you know, of just, like, just snapping it or something basic. Like, you know, oh, I need to kill this baby. Oh, maybe I should just literally do one of eight billion things possible. No, I'm going to use the ultimate killing curse. <laughs> it's just like, no. I'm going to use magic against magic. See how yeah. that works. Just like, they don't, uh, they don't ever go for just, like, the common sense approach. I kind of wish they had made this into a ride. Escape from Gringotts. Is like is this as a part of the Escape from Gringotts ride? No, like from the seventh book. There is a ride in the bank. Oh, there is. Yeah, yeah. There's a. I'm really sure it's just called Escape from Gringotts. Is that? Do I have that? Hang on. Because I know there's the Escape from. There's escape the broom ride Gringotts in the cat. Ride. Yeah, it's a ride. Okay, in... so I'm like. Okay, I stand corrected. I cannot wait to ride that. That's why it really threw me off, and I'm like, you can't wait to yep. ride the the ride that exists, right? Because I remember, like, you saying that there was the, um, was it the Forbidden Escape or whatever? Like, the one with the brooms in the castle, which I do not want to do. Yeah. But no, Escape from Gringotts and the Express and... Yeah, you know, it's the Escape from Gringotts... And Hagrid are... Is yeah. a indoor roller coaster. Awesome. Perfect. I'm much more excited. I mean, I'm, I'm totally excited, but yeah. I've never done it, but I will absolutely be doing it because I haven't done that one. Cool. I'm excited. I love Ollivanders. I read so much about like wands and wand lore and like Ollivanders in general when I was younger. I love Ollivanders. I really like Ollivanders too. Seeing you, Mr. Potter. I just love how many wands there are. There are boxes everywhere. <laughs> and there is trash everywhere. Also, how does this man keep stock of everything? Like, there's no... He has perfect recollection memory. I would like to have that kind of memory because I can't remember what I had for breakfast. Honestly, right? The way he gingerly puts the wand back like, uh... This one was going to cause damage. I think it's really funny because, like, when you go to the Wizarding World, like, the Universal Studios Wizarding World, they, and you go into Ollivanders, they have, like, this chart so you can get a wand based off of your birthday. Mm -hmm. And I never have to look at it because my wand is Harry's wand because his wand was made based on his birthday and we share a birthday. Yep, we share the birthday. So, so, like, his, every, like, his wand, wood and core and everything was technically what they list mine as being. Harry really needs to learn to like give himself some bangs because everybody, everyone points out the scar. <laughs> Growing up, I, was, I always said that I wish they had given him a green contacts since Harry always had green eyes. Yeah, they did. Like they tried in the first movie, but he was allergic to them. Damn it. Yeah, because they tried that. They tried to give him more contacts, but he was allergic to them, so he couldn't wear them. Damn it, Dan. <laughs> it's totally his fault. 2001 contacts would have been terrible, too. True. This is true. Hedwig! I love Hedwig. I cried. Oh, I cried yeah, so hard. 
Me too. Easily one of the top three deaths. That didn't need to happen. This that boy too, like, yeah. This child has nothing good going for him. And now we have like a father figure and then it just went nope. Basically everything Harry loves dies. I would be terrified to get married or have yeah, kids right? and be like, you know, Ginny be like, why don't you want to have kids? Like, because they're going to die. Just like everyone's going to die. Like, Everyone I love dies. You, like, Ginny, the only reason you and I are getting married is because I'm pretty sure the dark side is afraid of you. <laughs> <laughs> she's a strong witch. I love her. Yeah. She's pretty cool. In the books. Not so much yes. in the movies. Oh. I mean... It always threw me off that yeah. James and Lily were twenty one because yeah. in that first in that scene she don't look twenty one. No, but the movie was made before it was revealed that how young they were at the time. So that's why they cast it the way they did because they oh. just assumed they were normal aged parents, not twenty twenty one. You go through a war together and see how quickly you get married. Yeah. Right. That's great, Hagrid, but uh, I don't want everyone to know my name. Yeah, right? It's just like, oh, that's why everybody knows your name, because your parents were murdered. Like, Jesus. Oh, if you want to see me. Yes, tell the child who has no idea how to get around anywhere. Platform nine and three quarters. He's like, what? <laughs> see? He asked. He He's asked just the like, question. Hey, what do I do about the fact that this is really weird, like, directions to give me? <laughs> It's also really weird to me because Harry figures out how to get on the platform because he hears Molly Weasley say, what platform is it again? And one of her kids responds with nine and three quarters. quarters. Molly Weasley went to Hogwarts for seven years. How does and she not know? And her oldest son graduated already. So that's a minimum of seven years. And she's had other sons that have graduated too. So probably more than seven years at this point. So 14 years in total of going to platform nine and three quarters and you don't remember that? That's it's not like weird. they're gonna it's not like they're gonna change the platform. Yeah. I like how they just go through the platform barrier in full view of the public. That's so suspicious and weird. I mean, you don't go you know around doing that. <laughs> yeah, I don't run into walls. <laughs> you know, like in public, no. Thanks, mom, for embarrassing me. It's my first time too. <laughs> Tell this stranger all about it. <laughs> also, there are signs that have like the nine and three quarter, like the nine and ten, uh, uh -huh. on multiple pillars. What happens if you don't know which pillar it is? <laughs> Assuming it's not all of them. Harry, you need to move out of the wall way where people are going to run into you. We finally meet Ron. Well, not finally, but like we're 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 interacting with Ron. Ronald Weasley. I love how like embarrassed he is to say it. Like, do you have the thing that marks? Like, do you have the symbol that your parents were murdered and that somebody <laughs> tried to murder you? Sad little way he holds that. That bundle, bundle of, of sandwiches. It's supposed to be four sandwiches. It looks like he just stepped on them. And it's just like... <laughs> and Harry pulls out all this gold and he's like, how much will this get me? And Ron's like, I haven't seen that kind of money in like years. It's like, home. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> and right off the bat, we see Peter Pettigrew as a rat. 
There's no, no I don't easier way. Pipe. There's no easier way for just little boys to make friends than just buying a shit ton of sugar and eating it together. <laughs> I like that Harry asks when he's holding the chocolate frog. It's like this isn't a real frog, is it? Because even he knows at this point that the wizarding world's weird, and it's right? a valid question to ask. <laughs> it's not real, but no, hey, what? There, it's gone. But it does have the power to crawl around and rivet and leave. So. Ron, like, his family can't be too bad off because this child has a collection of over 500 chocolate frog cards. Like, that means he's had to have had over 500 chocolate frogs. Like, is even assuming, like, his siblings give him their cards that they get. Like, even assuming that all of his siblings give him the chocolate frog cards that they get, that's still over 500 chocolate frogs they would have bought over the years. That's a lot of frogs. That's perfectly fine for me. I like the spell that Ron does to try and turn uh, their rat yellow. It's the only time you hear like an incantation spell, <laughs> like of like a full like on sentence rather than huh. just like a word or two. And of course, the twins gave it to him. Be like, try this. Oh, yeah. It works. Of course. The rumbling of the train with these headphones makes me feel like someone's like knocking on my door. That's weird. That's all really around. Like, who the fuck is talking? That is extremely brave but stupid of Hermione, who's had no lessons whatsoever in magic, to point her wand dead center in the middle of Harry's face and cast magic. <laughs> like, to repair his glasses. What if it didn't work that way? And you just blew up this kid's whole face. So I'm guessing the, uh, the, the law of like underage wizardry outside of school takes place once they're in Hogwarts. Like after that, like because before that, because they're just doing magic willy nilly at home. Yeah, I imagine like it doesn't register that way. The accidental magic they do as children doesn't really register. So I guess she could do it up until this point where she goes to Hogwarts for the first time and is registered as a Hogwarts student. And, but after this point, like in the next summer and everything like that, she can't use spells. All right. Because, yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, well, I practice all these spells over the summer. It's just like Harry goes to court and almost goes to jail <laughs> for this. And you're just doing this willy nilly. It's also super unfair that muggle kids just have that immediate disadvantage in the world, that they don't get to practice the things that they learn, while all of the wizarding children just can. Because right. they live in a wizarding household. Like, that's so unfair. Yeah. I love that first view you get of the castle of the lake. That is so pretty. I hate that only the first years get to experience that. I would find some way to ride those boats every year. Oh, yeah. I would personally make a trip to the outside of the lake just so I could stare at it. It's just like, it's so pretty. But it's also a brilliant move to introduce students to the school this way. Right. Instead of just it's taking you to the front door. Like you get it at night over the lake on a boat. It's just the most brilliant way to introduce this castle to people. Snapey Snape. Well, that's not Snape. McGonagall. That was McGonagall. What? All I saw was black clothing. I assumed it was Snape. She always greets the first years. Hecklepeck. Corbly Kluke. Slytherin. I like how she just 
immediately as she says Slytherin, it's just a total tone change. Slytherin. It's just like, try not to be prejudiced against 11-year-olds, please. Why did this boy choose a fucking toad? He could have had know. a cat, an owl, a ferret. He could have had so many things that he chose a fucking toad. Well, according to the book, they were out of fashion to have a toad. That must have been a reason, like... Uh, didn't his grandmother give it to him? Probably. He's, like, three or four years older than Harry at this point, and they look, like, almost exactly the same. Yeah. Like, at this point, Daniel is, like, 11. Because they filmed in 2000. Like, he's 11. Yeah. And Dr Tom's, like, 14. That boy don't look 14. No. He should have. Is there really that much of an age difference? Mm -hmm. Wow. He's the oldest. Hermione is my yeah. age, but she's born in 90. Daniel in yeah. 89. Rupert in 88. And Tom in, I think, 86. Huh. I don't realize there's that much of an age gap between them. Mm-hmm. This is the only time you ever see them wear the hats. Like, the students I... wear the hats. I love that ceiling. Oh, my God. I would What I wouldn't give to look at that ceiling. I would lose so much weight because I wouldn't eat because I would just be busy looking up at the ceiling. You know that I loved it. Like, in when they filmed the first two, like, with the, like those candles. Are, those are all actual candles hanging via fishing line. That's really cool. I they use a that. lot of like prop settings in the first two movies because like they, there was no CGI at that point, like good CGI. Yeah. These are all hanging from fishing wire. That's really cool though. They were talking about in the reunion how like the candles would just fall on them randomly because like they just burn through the fishing line. Yeah, that's fair. When I finally watched Game of Thrones and we got to season three and the Red Wedding, have you seen that? No. Okay, well. Spoiler alert, because if you haven't seen it, then you're not going to see it, or you've already seen it, so it's fine. There's a scene, so Filch is one of the house, like, one of the, the family heads or whatever. Yeah. And one of the Starks gets married to, one, like, his daughters or whatever, and, like, there's just a lot of hate and shit going on. Everyone gets slaughtered at this wedding, which is why it's called the Red Wedding. Yeah. And it's like Filch's house and everything. I'm just like, I can't even like the guy. Even if even if he <laughs> had any redeemable qualities, all I see is Filch. Fair enough. <laughs> but I did throw my controller across the room when that scene happened. I'm just like, I didn't see it coming at all. Oh, yeah. The hat doesn't even touch his head. Like, it barely <laughs> touches and it just goes snake. Like, he doesn't want to get all the hair gel on it. <laughs> For being Gryffindor's headmistress, like, she wears a lot of Slytherin colors. She does. She wears a lot of green. Heckle peck. <laughs> <laughs> I love how terrified Ron is when it's like, it's guaranteed he's gonna end up fucking Gryffindor. Like, it's not like he comes from a whole generation of them or anything like that. Whole stock. Mom, dad. Even the hat's like, I know where you belong. It's like, <laughs> I'm not even gonna bother to analyze you as an individual. You're just a Weasley. <laughs> I really wish Harry would have been sorted into Slytherin. It would have made it such a more interesting book. It would have. You know what it should have happened? They should have like, Hermione and Ravenclaw, Ron in Gryffindor, and her, him in Slit, And they yeah. still banded together. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Like, I would have liked to see that. How, like, see the houses all mingling. Yeah. 
And then what's the name of the kid that joins in the Hufflepuff? Um, he's in there. They they share a thing together. They have herbology class together. Neville? No, Neville's in Gryffindor. Yeah. Ernie? Yes. Ernie Macmillan, right? Ernie Macmillan, yeah. Yeah. But with that logic, I think Neville could have done well in Hufflepuff because he, him and Sprout would just be hanging out constantly. True. I think it's interesting that Percy says he's been after Quirrell's job for years, rather than saying he's been after the defense against the dark arts position for years, because even well before Harry ever comes to school, every year they have a new defense against the dark arts position, and they've had one for decades because Voldemort cursed the position when he was still human. So for like 40 years or whatever, they've had this curse on the defense against the dark arts position. I think the like the kids at Hogwarts eat so much fatty foods for dinner and for every other meal. Like they have to give these children this kind of stuff because of the sheer amount of calories they burn. Yeah. <laughs> like on these staircases. Like my asthma bothers me just looking at these stairs. <laughs> I'd have to take a break every couple floors. Like, geez. That and when, or like, what happens when you know? How pissed would you be? Like, what you're like halfway through like the steps to get the floors to get to like wherever you're going. Yeah. And the stairs decide I'm gonna become a slide. Yeah. <laughs> um, how many times these students get injured just because of the whimsical bullshit that happens? A lot. Notice the fat lady's portrait changes a lot between this movie and the next movie. Mm-hmm. She's less uppity. And much younger. Yeah. She's more, listen to me sing. Horribly. And isn't in the books, like, it's a porthole that they have to crawl through to get into Gryffindor Tower? I feel like I read that they had to crawl to get into it. Uh. Yes, yes, seventh floor, I know. Yeah, it says here... The portrait swung forward to reveal a round hole in the wall. And they all scrambled through it. Neville needed a leg up. So you have to crawl in and out of Gryffindor uh, common room. How much of a pain in the ass that would be? Just if you have your bag with you, you have to shuffle it forward like as you crawl through it. And you're expecting these little 11-year-olds to crawl through this hole? Yep. Jeez. Oh, and why doesn't anybody give these children directions on how <laughs> to get has anywhere? A map on how to get around this school. Also, I would much rather deal with. I'd much rather have to deal with crawling through a hole than trying to solve a damn riddle to get into the oh, for the Ravenclaws. Raven yeah. Tower, yeah. Yeah, it would piss me off so fast. It's just, just it's a like, riddle, and I'm like, oh well, I'm fucked. Like, I need to get in to my room. Like, especially if you really have to go to the bathroom or something like that. Just, like, open the fucking door. That's the password. <laughs> Magical words are bippity-boppity. Open the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, if you get it wrong for the fat lady for Gryffindor, you have to wait in front of, the, in front of her portrait until someone else from your house shows up and lets you in. Which is still a lot better than having to solve a damn riddle. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how the Slytherins get in and out. Was it in the deleted scenes in the movies? They showed them getting to the dungeons? I don't know. I wa I feel like I've seen that somewhere. Because I, I, I read the books recently, like obviously. But I don't remember a description of how they got into Slyther 
know. I think it's a, uh, I think the entrance is just a wall, like a section of wall that doesn't look any different than anything else. But I don't know how they uh, get in and out. I want to say it's in the deleted scenes. I don't remember. I don't have the second book, so I can't look at it. As an adult, I love Snape because I also have no patience for children. But I think Snape's an asshole. And he's another character I don't like. He is an asshole. But I like him. This is not a person who needs to be around students. This is not a person who really needs to be around people. He's an asshole. He is. And he absolutely betrayed Lily just to Voldemort and then had second thoughts about it at like the last second. And it's just like, okay. How old were they when they were doing all this like Order of the Phoenix shit though? They were still kids. They were like, yeah. the ages of like 16 and like 20. Yeah, they were really young because like, well, in all honesty, James and Lily just wouldn't have been involved in the war for very long. They would have happened after they graduated. So if even you include that at 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, maximum four years. But like Snape just fully willing to just give up the Potters and the information regarding the Potters, just knowing full well what's going to happen to them. That's just such bullshit. Yeah, but I, he's he's a poor tortured soul. He like had enough of like James's ribbing. And like... James Potter is a bully. Like, James no is question. a bully. No, he's a bully. Like, no question. I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 James is not the pretty picture that everyone paints him to be. He was a dick. Yeah, like the Marauders are fully just bullies. Like no questions about it. And they abused the shit out of Snape for years and nobody gave a damn. And they should have. And I just think, and I think that's absolute bullshit. And uh, Snape is justified in hating James and the Marauders. Especially because Sirius nearly got him murdered. So, with, like, the Whomping Willow and, like, Remus as a werewolf and all that stuff. Yeah. So, like, I fully understand why he hates them. I just think it's really fucking unfair that he takes it out on all of these kids. Especially Harry and Neville. Like, Neville didn't do shit to you, man. Yeah, Neville, like, the long bottoms, you have nothing, nothing going on. Like, why are you so mean to this poor shy boy? Another thing that they don't really show in the movie, but they definitely show in the book, is how much of an asshole everyone is to Hermione. Yeah. Just, like, from the word go, they are not nice to that girl. And I always felt really bad for her. I also just don't think Ron and Hermione make very good friends. So, let alone relationships. So. Enemies to lovers? It's more of like, hey, I'm gonna just degrade everything that you enjoy and all of your enjoyment of it. And, uh, yeah. On both sides, in all honesty. Because she hates Quidditch, but he just dogs on her for reading in every capacity. So, it's just a I mean, terrible thing. So many things can be said about opposites attract. The whole, you know, he pulled my hair, which means he likes me. So, like, bullshit like that. Which is such bullshit. So, I, I hate that. I feel like it's a really bad idea to have all of the students trying to learn how to fly at the same time. Because what if they all happen to, like, or even, like, six or seven of them are in the air all at once. You can't have the reflexes to start casting safety spells, like, on all of them at once. I love how, like, Neville didn't even, like, push up from the ground and his broom just went, we're going up. hmm Yeah, and nobody seems to care. They're just like, just come back here. He's like, clearly he can't. A simple living guardian Levios spell would have saved Neville from just crashing to the ground 
But the teacher just didn't even bother to go after him. No, just, oh, he fell. He's like, oh, this child is, like, running rampant and now falling to his death. Like, jeez. Also, leaving a bunch of 11-year-olds with their newly found flight capabilities and expecting them not to use them is just the stupidest shit. I'm not really sure why some of these kids are even in the flying class, considering most of them are from purebred houses. Yeah. yeah. And they all know how to ride a broom. Wasn't there a picture? There's a picture of like a ripped picture. And I think Sirius's room mm-hmm. or Regulus's room. I think Sirius's room where I think it's Harry finds the picture of like just little a feet going back and forth and then a, like just a zooming of a broom and it's him. It's little Harry when he yeah. was one Sirius had gifted him a little toy broom. Yep. And he was flying. It only goes like a foot or two off the ground and it was him zooming around his yep. yard. Yeah. It was adorable. Everyone instantly cheering that. He got the remember all back. I like how they make him the seeker for a, this kid who is blind as a bat without his glasses <laughs> on is the position that requires excellent eyesight. Is it me or has the the location slash the appearance Mm -hmm. of the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom always changing. Absolutely. Every movie looks completely different. Yeah, Is it the same classroom or is it just... It's... I don't recall the room, like the room moving in the book, but it does look different in every movie. Because like Lockhart's classroom and... This Lupin's classroom. classroom. No, and Lupin's, Lupin's classroom. classroom look like the exact. They look like the exact same like room. Yeah. But obviously, it's like all decorated differently. But Quirrell's room looks like it's not even on the same floor. Yeah, the um, potions classroom looks completely different too than it does in the in literally any other movie. It looks way different. But the, where they filmed the first movie is really different from where they filmed the other ones too. So I also love how they just show you a bunch of professors. And teachers that just are never mentioned whatsoever. Like, they just show you... Because, in like, the director is aware that you can't teach several hundreds to even a thousand students with only, like, six teachers. So... <laughs> it's also really weird to me that they just... They just made the change of making Harry's dad a seeker when he's not a seeker. Like, in the trophy case. Like, why not just make him what he actually is? What was he? A chaser, I believe. Is it a chaser? Yeah, I think so. I wonder if... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it did, but if the cat... If the staircases in the castle have a mind of their own, just be like, we're gonna send these kids specifically to the third floor corridor. Yeah, no kidding. Also, does... Filch not know how to take care of a cat. Like, you have McGonagall to go to for help. Mrs. Norris just looks like she's missing patches of fur. Which is weird because in the very first scene that they show her when they're standing in the Great Hall, she looks like a really pretty cat. Like, she's her fur looks really, really nice. And then every other scene, it's just patches are missing. Yeah. It also bothers me that, like... If you're trying to guard something super, super secretive, why is Aloha Mora the easiest thing that unlocks your door? 
Yeah, like they tell all these <laughs> students that like, hey, you can't go to this corridor. It's forbidden. Have you met kids? This is the first thing they're going to do is go look at this corridor and why it's forbidden. Like Fred and George alone would have made a beeline for this area. And of the course, simple- they'd be like, ooh, what, what are they hiding? And the simplest spell unlocks this door with a fucking cerebrus behind it. <laughs> it is fully trying to eat these children. <laughs> Uh, what the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> I mean... Also, there's no way as they're fighting to close this door that three 11-year-olds would be able to fight against the giant, massive, three-headed dog. That and how does like that simple wooden door with a metal just hinge lock a very rusty keep the head lock. of a Cerberus out of, like, just... On the inside. I have no clue whatsoever. <laughs> and it's just such bullshit. You can also see the layout of the dorms change too, because in the books it's two separate staircases, one to the girls, one to one the guys. To the boys, yeah. But in this one it's just they go up the same staircase and then it splits on a platform. Yeah, I I, I noticed that. Cause in one of the later books, the boys try to go to Hermione's room to tell her something that they learned. About yeah. whatever puzzle they're trying to solve. And the stairs just go, slide. Nope, you can't go that way. Yeah, there's like a really loud screaming noise or something like that. Yeah. But it's really weird to me that it took them like multiple years before they tried to visit Hermione. Right. Like, I guess why they never needed you guys, to because like, they're always together. So it's like, why did it take you guys four years? Because I think it happened in the fourth book before anybody visited Hermione. That's weird. But it's fine. Like no, no, no warning bells if a girl tries to go to the boys' room. I guess at that point, it's like, as long as it's her decision, it's fine. But, uh, <laughs> what if it's I mean, even the wizards are aware that women are smarter than dudes, but still. Also, bludgers, like. Quidditch is such a dangerous sport. It is. I mean, Fred and George did say someone went missing. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, let me introduce you to this game. Why are these balls strapped in? Oh, because they will. They will hit you in the face on the, on their own accord. They're going to try to break every bone in your face, basically. Oops. Bludger. Nasty. Bludger. Like, Quidditch makes zero sense whatsoever. Here's a, I like the shiny one. So yeah, I, I guess like the, the shiny little ball that's going to be impossible to see. Yeah, and you guess what your job is, blind boy? You have to see it. (laughs) You have to look for this stupid little ball throughout the entire game. That would drive me nuts. I'd give up immediately. I'd be like, no. (laughs) I love how Flitwick has to stand on top of stacks of books so everyone can see him. That's hilarious. It drives me nuts that everybody just like, oh, Hermione Granger, like she's she's too like eager for all of this, and like she's just she's a know, she's trying to be a know it all. Yeah, she's like she's trying to be a know it all and everything. Every single person would be exactly the way she is if you learned magic was real. It'd be like, oh, I know that, or just like, oh, let me study everything all at once. Like that would exactly be me too. Way everybody like, would this be. is real, and I get to learn it, and I get to use it. Yeah, like, most of us would be the way she is. Like, she's a little bit too much of, like, there's a little too much arrogance, I think, in the way she talks to people. Because, like, especially when she's trying to teach Ron about, like, magic and everything. Like, he gets offended, as he should be, because she takes a super snooty tone with them. Uh, But at the same time, like, 
we would all be just as eager as she is. I'd be a hundred percent as eager into, as her. And going into a world where like you come at a severe disadvantage to everybody else, you'd be eager to prove that you know what you're talking about too. So and I think that people give her way too much shit. Nope. Samus blew something up for the first time. Second time. First one was the water. He was trying to turn it into rum. Oh yeah. Seamus needs like a hazmat suit at all times. Ain't that the truth? Also, yeah. he turns into a dick toward later on. He really does, yeah. Cause he's like, Yeah, my mom is totally on board with the whole Harry Potter is in cahoots with the Dark Lord or whatever. And yeah. starts like distrusting Harry and like well, I'm like, Really? You grew like you spent nine you months spent out of like every like four or five years with this child. Yeah, nine like, months really? of the of the past. And you've four seen all the shit that together. happens at Hogwarts. Like what the hell, dude? And Harry, Ron, and Hermione are the ones always being like, Yeah, we helped or we figured it out, and you're still gonna be like, Oh no. Yeah, Harry's totally in cahoots with Voldemort. All right. Harry I like be- how like when they find out that Hermione's been like crying all day, Harry just looks at Ron like, really? This is your fault. <laughs> and Ron's like, and Ron's face is like, I didn't do anything. It's like, mm-hmm. really? I love Coral just running in, like, yelling, troll in the dungeon. And then they're like, send the kids to their dorm rooms. It's just like the Slytherins are just looking at him like, really? <laughs> like, you mean our dorm rooms? <laughs> it's like, oh, you just want to And then Ron's face thing. of just pure terror while he's, you know, stuffing his face with chicken. Yeah. At the same time, like, Harry's not as nearly freaked out. While at the Slytherin table, Drake, Mr. Big F- Big F- Guy Draco, yeah, is just shitting his pants. Yeah, it would be too. Especially considering he knows exactly what a troll is, too. And it'd be like, because he comes from a magical family. And also being told to go back to his dorm room where the troll is. I'd be terrified, too. How did Hermione not hear this giant ass troll walk into the bathroom? How did the giant troll fit through the door of the bathroom? Like, why is the door so big that a troll can go through it and an 11 year old girl can open it as well? See, that door is not that big. It's just a normal sized door. How did the troll get in there? (laughs) I will give it to Ron. He's a great antagonizer. Fair enough, yeah. Like, I know there's nowhere to run, but, like, why is Hermione hiding underneath a visible sink? Like, yeah, there's like nowhere to... Yeah, like, you were to... more hidden before you moved. Stay under the debris. I like how, like, the boys take out their wands but don't know any spells. So they're just like, okay. And the troll has been defeated, marking the beginning of the Golden Trio's friendship. And descent into madness and chaos. Right, it's just about the- more trouble than they will ever know. <laughs> Three 11-year-olds bring down a fully grown mountain troll. Yep. And Magan was like, this has got to be sheer dumb luck. There's no fucking way. All right. So it's like, there's no like, way. chosen one or not, you are 11 years old and you are very new to magic. <laughs> what, does, what really gets me is like, they lie about why they're here. Like, Hermione literally could have just told them she'd been in the bathroom, and they went to check on her to make sure she could get back. They didn't have to lie. Like, why would they and then lie? She, yeah, and she's like, oh yeah, I brought the troll here. It's like She'd be like, I went looking for it. Like, why would you say that? 
Like, she could have just said that they came looking for her to make sure that she was safe. I would have Which would have made much more sense. I would have fully used the advantage of being like, well, Ron was being a dick earlier, making fun of me, so I was in here crying, and oh, yeah. they felt bad, so they came to check on me. Yeah, I would have just <laughs> been honest and honest. It's like, yeah, I've been in here crying all day. Nobody seems to have noticed or cared uh, because of the rampant bullying that's been happening to me since I've got here. Again, that nobody seems to care about. And uh, yeah, they kind of felt bad about the rampant bullying that's been happening to me. And they came to check on me. So, And then they award, uh, like award them house points for this shit. You should not be awarding them house points for nearly getting themselves murdered. So at the beginning, like at the beginning of the next episode, we should read apart from it too, from your version and my version too. Oh God, I gotta find like a good old section. What's a funny section? Like, I don't even know. Ron Harry yelled. Got your snoot? What the fuck? <laughs> Is that a chapter title? No, the chapter is chapter eight, the potions master. Got your snoot. <laughs> Got your snoot. I don't know where we are. Um, I can try and read you the paragraph. I don't think you're gonna understand. Oh yeah, what? Peeves is also not named Peeves. He's Pingy. That's weird. P E E N G E. I don't know how to pronounce that, so I'm just gonna call him Pingy. Okay. Uh, got your snoot. All right, so it starts. Yeah, chapter eight, potions master. Um, one, two, third big paragraph where it's the ghost didn't help either. Okay. So the gas. Oh, it's worse here because it says got your conk. (laughs) (laughs) Snoot is the much better option. What is happening in this scene? <laughs> Grab your nose and screech, got your conk. Got your conk. <laughs> yeah, it just says, got your conk. Okay. You know, I missed the end part when you said that. So that's why I laughed hysterically. Because I'm like, oh, we it's grabbed really, your what it's now? Only, it's only a letter difference. <laughs> so. like we, we got the what now? Yeah, honestly, you say it out loud and it just sounds a lot like the other word. And it's just kind of like, huh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, in this case, the Scottish word in use of snoot is a much better choice than got your conk. Also, nearly headless Nick is not mm-hmm. his name. What is it? Half headless Henry. That actually sounds a lot cooler. Half headless. Half headless Henry. So like the, the, the gas didn't need help either. It was a, a whis, a howling fright when. And of them suddenly skimmer through a door you were trying to open. Hmm. Half headless Henry was a happy to pit new Gryffindors on their right road, but Peeves, Kingy, the poltergeist, was good for at least two locket doors and a plisky staircase if you met him when you were late for class. He would drap bins on your head, po rugs ufit ut. On your feet, scud ye we bits of chalk or creep up a hint ya invisible. Take a hod to your neb and scurl. Got your snoot. Got your conk. 
And on that lovely note, we will end this episode <laughs> of our review of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Part one. We're not done. Part one. We're not done. We'll finish this uh, this episode, this movie up this next foolery. episode. And that is what this is. This is pure tomfoolery. Our release schedule will be uh, the Sorcerer's Stone, part one and two. And uh, then after that, we will do two non-Harry Potter episodes and we will alternate that so that there's two review episodes a week and then two non-review episodes every week. You mean every two weeks? We can't have two episodes or two parts a week. There's an episode a week, yeah. There's one episode a week. There's two Harry Potter episodes. One. There's... Okay, okay. I Okay, I got it now. Yeah, there's... there's Two weeks are two Harry Potter episodes, then two weeks of the month are non-review-based episodes, which is what I was trying to say. Yeah, you, my, my brain you my brain just went word problem and shut shut off. Fair enough. I've never been good with numbers and balancing and w- sentences, so. So next week we'll release <clears throat> the last of the Sorcerer's Stone, and then the next two weeks will be non-review-based episodes. And which will, we will be alternate our new stuff or our new mini series called one week will be work horror stories and the other week will be tea time yes so we will be doing the second part of work horror stories and don't worry there's plenty of horror left in our stories so oh there's so much you guys don't know the more i think about the stories that i have the more things i remember and the worse it gets so (laughs) I just, I can't wait to see Aaron's, or hear Aaron's reactions to all of these, so. Honestly, right? It gets wild. So stay tuned, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy this um, magical trip down memory lane. That works, yeah. Magical. Magical, whimsical. Magical, whimsical, chaotic, weird, strange, uh, violent. Manipulative, all of it. Yeah. So, cool. And uh, I hope you guys are prepared for more rants as to the general wrongness of so many aspects of the Harry Potter series. I mean, they should they should have a good understanding since within 26 seconds of starting, you went off on a whole tangent. <laughs> yeah, so. we told you guys we had opinions and that we weren't going to hold them back no matter how much we enjoy a series. Plenty. Now so. wait till Aaron comes to, uh, to sit in on some of these. Ariel comes to sit in on some of these. Yeah. The um, starting with this uh, series, we are going to start having some guests on for the review episodes. You'll see Aaron again, um, and then you'll see it will introduce a friend of mine whose name is Ariel in one of our later uh, movies. And uh, yeah, you guys will get to meet some more uh, bringers of chaos. Oh, yeah. Like my cat is currently trying to eat my mouse pad. Do you mind? Thank you. It's mine. All right. Thank you guys for joining us on this ride, and we'll see you next time. Don't forget to come back. You better come back. <laughs> We're going to do it whether or not you do. Right? It's just like it's going to be here one way or another. Tune in next week for more fuckery because we have some serious questions and concerns. Like, what kind of crack was J.K. Rowling on when she made this game? <laughs>